to the First Rate Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to have Gina Swoboda, the Executive Director of the Voter Reference Foundation, a groundbreaking organization that is publishing voter rolls in the United States for the first time ever. Voter Reference Foundation is a subsidiary of Restoration of America, and Gina is a very timely guest because nobody knows more about the mechanics of Arizona elections than her. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. It's great to be with you. It is. It is. And, um, you know, we're, uh, I, I know I've personally learned a lot from you uh, since joining Restoration of America. You are a, an expert on election integrity and transparency, uh, especially in Arizona. But I think for those in the audience who don't know you, I would love to just get a little bit of a background of who you are and what makes you that expert. Sure. Um, so I served under two administrations in the Arizona Secretary of State's office. I'm a deputy registrar with the Maricopa County Recorder's Office. I was the director, the state director of Election Day Operations for President Trump, uh, and I am the chair of the Election Integrity Committee for the Arizona Republican Party, the Carrie Lake Campaign, the Blake Masters Campaign, um, and an observer coordinator for the RNC. That that I would qualify the, for... Well, most importantly, um, of all those things of which I do love, I'm the executive director of the Voter Reference Foundation. That is the key right there, right? So, um, and again, I've, I've learned more about election uh, transparency than I ever thought I would know uh, because of you. And I realize how important that is. So uh, I'm excited to be able to share with the audience all the stuff that's going on. And you mentioned Maricopa County. So I wanna start there because all eyes have been on Maricopa County. Can you explain what was going on there or what continues to happen there? So the county has not covered themselves in glory, have they? Um, what we have here is a catastrophic failure of the system. Um, essentially, on Election Day, uh, we had record Election Day turnout um, from the Republican Party in Maricopa County. And what has happened is the printer, the ballot on demand printers failed. They failed in over 30% of locations. In the vote centers that were only open on election day that had not been open earlier, almost 50% of them failed. So what a ballot on demand printer is, is exactly what it, it sounds like. It prints your ballot when you scan your driver's license. So if you come in and you scan your, your ID and it prints your ballot and there are like white streaks in those little black boxes around the outside, those are timing marks. That's what tells the machine how to count your vote. Um, or if there are little dots uh, across it, a, a lot of them look like an impressionist painting. The tabulators couldn't read those ballots. So people are coming in, they're waiting online, they're scanning their ID, it's printing a ballot, they vote the ballot, they put it in the tabulator, it spits it back out. Then they say the poll worker, you know, good people, they've been trained to, to try to spoil your ballot and print you a new one. Well, you can do that up to three times. And if each time the printer's going to have the same problem, you're going to keep not being able to tabulate that ballot. So they began to tell the voters, put it in door three. Door three is where you put a ballot that cannot be read, that they're going to go duplicate it back at the central count location at headquarters later and count it later. Well, you have a lot of voters that are, you know, had a loss of confidence after 2020 that may not be comfortable with that. So some of them left. Some of them, they were told by the poll workers, you can leave and go to another vote center and try to vote a provisional ballot at another vote center. 
The problem with that is they were not checking people out on that little site book. The site book is uh, what Maricopa County calls their e-poll book. You know, we used to sign a register when you go to vote. Now that's done electronically. When you scanned your driver's license, it checked you in that you went to vote. And if they didn't check you out, you are in a Hotel California-like nightmare where your ballot is not going to get counted at the other location because the, the, the system thinks you already voted. Uh, okay, that's what's happening here. Um, so I have voters that walked out. They went home or they went to their car and they got their mail ballot because a lot of these people were on the list for a mail ballot. And because of, you know, issues that arose in 2020 across the nation, they didn't trust the mail ballot. That's why they waited and got online to try to vote. So now they went in, couldn't vote, didn't want to put it in door three. Let's put it that way. Left, got a mail ballot, potentially dropped the mail ballot off. That would mean the mail ballot was voided. So I've been asking, we've been asking, um, the county obviously has their hands full right now trying to reconcile all these issues. Tell us the number of people who checked in on the site book and then also dropped a mail ballot that got voided that day because I, I'm worried about that, that group of people. Uh, on the provisionals, people who, who went in, checked in, left, and voted a provisional, the county told us yesterday that was 140 people. And I've gotten two different answers. I've gotten, yes, we're going to count them, and no, we're not going to count them. Uh, so we, we need to ascertain that information. Then, so just to make it extra special, the door three started overflowing. Okay, so now you have poll workers. So many ballots were failing and we had such, again, record, record turnout, record in-person turnout. Mm -hmm. So the poll workers were instructed to pull the ballots out of door three, but they didn't have, you know, they're supposed to put them in like a blue envelope. Um, but the blue envelopes are not designed to have, you know, 1,400 potential ballots in them. So when those were overflowing, you know, they were instructed to use black bags. Well, the issue with that is black bags is where you put the ballots that are counted. So now you have multiple black bags. Some have ballots that weren't counted. Some have ballots that were counted. But wait, there's more. Issue number three. At the end of the night, the instructions to the poll workers when they break everything down, they pull out the tub, right? There's like a big bin under the little tabulator. And on one side are the ballots that went through because not every printer was down. You know, some printers were working. Sometimes um, if you if you flipped it upside down and you flipped it backwards and you colored in the little boxes, which in some locations they actually had people coloring in the black, the black boxes to get rid of the white streaks, they were able to get the ballots through. So mm. ballots that went drop on one side and those were already counted. Ballots that you put in door three are on the other side. When poll workers in three locations that we're aware of and potentially more, when they went to pull those ballots out and bag them, they pulled out the divider, okay? So now those ballots are mixed together. They're commingled ballots. So I have people that checked in and left without voting and potentially voted somewhere else. I'm worried their votes won't count. People who gave up and walked away because we had lines um, that were hours long that were 200 people deep. And, you know, people cannot, they tried to come in the morning and then they left and then they tried to come after work and the issues were not fixed. So I just want to make very clear, you know, Maricopa County issued a press release something like two o'clock in the afternoon and said, well, we figured out a setting and it's worked for 13 locations and we're going to go fix it. I have many locations where it never got fixed at the end of the day. And by the way, we went to court. So we went to court on election day asking, please keep the polling places open so that these people are not disenfranchised. And the Democrat Party and the county um, said no, uh, the, the, which is, you know, intriguing because traditionally the Democrat Party always wants to keep the polls open. What the county said in that hearing 
was that it was not possible for them to reach out to all 200 plus vote centers and notify their staff to keep the doors open. And what that means is it's too big. They can't run an election effectively because the system is too big. So, you know, there was a bill that this is an extraneous piece of information, but there was a bill last session to break up Maricopa County. If it's that big and you can't run an election, then you need to try something else because this is like the fourth election in a row. Um, we keep telling people your vote is your voice and you have to participate in the system. I don't know how to continue to explain this to people if we're going to have these catastrophic failures, Jerry. So, so Gina, wow, uh, that, there was a lot there, right? Now I'm going to try to break it down a little bit because there's a couple things I, I picked up on. One, one is there's something wrong with the machines themselves, but but didn't Arizona just invest in new machines or weren't these upgraded machines or were they the same machines we've been having forever? Or what is that? Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't like ballot on demand printers because I've been through this since 2018. So in, uh, in all of these cycles, something happens with ballot on demand printers. Um, it is accurate to say that Maricopa County changed the model of the ballot on demand printer they were using from the primary to the general, which, you know, is not advisable to change your equipment in the middle of an election cycle. And what it seems to have happened here is, you know, the county states that they tested these printers the night before, but they didn't test them that morning. Um, and I am unaware, looking in the 2022 poll worker handbook that Maricopa County put together, there's nothing in there telling the poll worker, hey, before you open the doors at 6 a.m., print a test ballot and try to tabulate it. That doesn't exist. So either the printer settings, you know, maybe they turn the printers off when they set them up the night before. And then when they turn them on, you know, they kind of restored to some kind of default. Maybe there wasn't enough toner. They're, they're, they're saying it wasn't toner, that it was the heat setting on the printer. Here's what I know. Back in the day, when you would order your ballots from a printer ahead of time and you were voting in a precinct, so you knew what ballot style, okay? The reason you use a ballot on demand printer is they're using a vote center model. So it's not your precinct polling place where you're gonna go up to either the elementary school or the church, you know, um, or the cafe gymatorium that that's instead it's like they have one location that's a big location that anybody anybody in the county can go to and they had over 200 of these vote centers but in order to sustain that kind of model that means like i could come and my school district where i live needs to be able to be available to me with the other you know there are thousands of ballot styles depending what water board what school district it because that's all based on where you live right so you have to have the ballot on demand printer but the ballot on demand printer is a temperamental piece of equipment. In 2020, in some of the same locations, specifically in Gilbert, this happened. It wasn't like, oh, it was the wrong printer setting. It printed a weird black box. It printed like, you know, print to scale or, or print to fit. And it couldn't be read. And I had in two vote centers in 2020 on that same part of town, everything was going in door three. And what that means is they will try to tabulate it back at central count because those machines are, you know, a little better because they're bigger and they're and stronger, if you will. Um, but if that can't happen, you've got to duplicate the ballot. And whenever you duplicate something, now you have people that are recreating the ballot, you know, yeah. reflecting the voter intent. It's just, I, I personally think we need to stay with the precinct model, order the ballots ahead of time. You know exactly what ballot style. Hans von Spakovsky always says 110% 
of the number of registered voters in your precinct is the gold standard for how many ballots you need to have available at the polling place on election day. Had that been the case, this would never have happened. I see. Yeah. So we, we have equipment failures or uh, at least we didn't plan properly how to use the equipment properly, if you will. Uh, that was a big issue. But then I also heard you say there was also a lot of process issues, uh, not accounting for all the people coming in, uh, redirecting people, not checking people in and out. So there was a lot of process issues in Maricopa County as well. There were. And, uh, you know, so there's a like a command center where there are um, attorneys and volunteers who are taking reports from observers. Observers are citizens from all three parties that are, have permanent ballot status in Arizona are able to have an observer. Uh, you, for the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, or the Libertarian Party, um, I happen to be a Republican, so I help train and credential Republican observers, and I've trained some some Democrats and Libertarians as well. Uh, when you you know your people are there, it's part of the transparency in in the process. If they see something, they call the hotline to let us know. Hey, it didn't open on time. Hey, uh, there's an issue with the equipment. Hey, someone's not checking ID. That's the purpose of the observer program. What happened on election day in Maricopa County um, is we were flooded with calls because the equipment was failing and the lines were long. And so attorneys that were with the program contacted the Maricopa County Attorney's Office, who represents Maricopa County elections, and said, will you please issue guidance to your poll workers? Number one, have the marshal stand at the door and tell people that the printer is having an issue. You cannot tabulate on this site. If you don't want to put your ballot in door three, don't check in, go to another location. That was number one. Number two, please tell your poll workers to let people use the accessible voting device. The accessible voting device was complete is completely different self-contained device that did not rely on this ballot on demand printer issue. It's designed for people with disabilities. It was functioning. It was fine. It could have been used. The county refused to issue that guidance and their position was it will take too long. <laughs> we think it will take too long if people start to use the accessible voting device. Well, that's great. And then, you know, eight hours later, uh, they, they still didn't have the issue addressed. So, Gina, what? And, yeah. Yeah. What, what's so disheartening here, right, is because so first of all, you have the answers. I mean, clearly, but but you've had the answers and many other people have the answers before the election happened. How does it get to this point? We we knew that stuff like this would happen. How did it still happen, I guess? That's the question that I think people really want to know. That's an excellent question, Jerry. So, uh, listen, people have to have the will to execute. Like, this is a very simple thing. People are asking, why is why does Maricopa take so long? So let's put, for, for a moment, put to the side, if everything went great with the printers, we have a very large county. Um, it's one of the largest election systems in the country because of our population. You know, you have a lot of mail ballots, you have people dropping them off. There's a lot of work involved. It's a hard job. This is a hard, hard job. So why does it take so long? Well, Maricopa County does not want to add an overnight shift. And Maricopa County continued to, you know, at the end of the, at 10 o'clock, they're done. At 1030, they're done. All right, we're going to stop counting. Now we're done. They don't do that in Florida. You know, once you start to tabulate, you keep on going, right? Uh when they say so like coffee done. is closers, you're done when you're done when it's actually done. Not That's when right. you're like, oh, okay, well we've we've worked for you know ten hours and yes, it's very hard, but you need to keep going. So, but the people have to have the will that administered the election system. And I have to say, Maricopa County spent some time building a very beautiful command center that looks like the White House press briefing room. And the day before election day, 
the chairman of the board of supervisors, the county recorder, and both election directors, because there are two in Maricopa, spent several hours in that command center briefing the press on how to combat disinformation that they expected to be spread the following day on election day. Perhaps, just perhaps, their time might have been better spent actually administering the election and preparing and testing and going through every step that was necessary to ensure that this catastrophic systemic collapse did not occur. Well, you know, and everyone's looking back and saying, okay, Florida with a population three times Arizona, they can get they can get the elections done and tabulated within hours afterwards. And we're still looking at results in Arizona, even though a lot of, uh, you know, everything's been declared already, but we're still we're still counting votes. And what you're telling me is we got to recount certain areas and things like that. A lot of things going on there. So I'm sure this is going to go on and on for quite some time. But Arizona prepared somewhat uh maybe they looked better uh with a brand new building and and uh, a bunch of speeches but in in reality they just didn't execute on it is what you're telling us that, that's correct i mean you know you're only as good as the last election that you ran and i can go back three elections now and say that you know there was a systemic problem the ballot on demand printer is a known problem whether it's, oh, it was a new printer and we didn't understand the, the setting, the heat setting, or, oh, you know, it got shaken up on when it was on its way to get deployed in 2020. This piece of technology keeps failing in various new, not exciting ways. And I don't know what it takes to have the will to say, look, it is our desire as a county, instead of having, you know, 500 some odd precinct polling places that we have to staff, we think it will save us time and money to consolidate into 200 and some odd vote centers. But if you cannot effectively run the election, then your plan is is for naught. So I, I will also say Maricopa County has got a budget in excess of, of a billion. I'm not a numbers person in, in that sense. They need to take the time, do the training, go back to precincts, pre-order pre-printed ballots, go back to a very simple tabulator. We used to be able to do this. Before 2014, we didn't start having these problems. After 2018, when, which is when we started these ballot-on-demand printers, it's just, it's just getting a bigger and a bigger problem. But I, I will also say, Jerry, in terms of the methodology that people use to vote, the reason so many of our people, you know, pre-2018 in Arizona, Republicans used to vote by mail, vote right away, bank all their votes. Democrats used to turn out on election day. After 2018, it started switching, and then it was it, it was complete polar opposite by following the 2020 election because Republicans are so concerned about the system. Um, so we had Democrats voted by mail in this election, and essentially they banked all those votes. Republicans waited, turned out on election day, and had a catastrophic failure of the system. There's no doubt, 100% certitude, voters were disenfranchised in this election in Maricopa County, okay? So what we have to do now, I would say, as a party, just for a moment on the on the political side— um, unless and until we have a system where, where everyone is voting on one day, you can't just hold all your eggs in the one basket of election day and, and then risk a catastrophic event. We're going to have to vote by mail and go back to voting by mail unless and until we have a Republican governor, or Republican legislature that are willing to, to correct this issue. It was, um, it's a problem to tell our people don't, don't vote by mail and then have this happen. We, we, you know, I don't know how else yeah. to say it. We can't trust that the system's going to function on election day right now. We just can't. We we may not like the rules, but those are the rules. So to your point, yep. we got to play by those rules and get people to vote early. Right? Is is, is the idea? It, it, even if you're a Republican, it's great to go in person. Do that still. 
but the Democrats are kind of doing it all throughout. We, we shouldn't be limiting ourselves to only in person right now. Until the rules are changed, we hope we can get there. I know it'll be a little more difficult now um, not having Carrie Lake in office, but, and, and that's my next question, right? So we were looking at polls, uh, you know, at Restoration America, we were, we were looking at this uh, pretty much daily. We saw Carrie Lake really starting to surge ahead uh, of Hobbs, and now we see her about 17,000 votes behind. So why were we so off or all the issues that you're seeing could account for that discrepancy. What are your thoughts? Well, un unless and until Maricopa County discloses the numbers of these people who checked in on the site book and also dropped off a mail ballot that got voided, I I I'm not going to know if that's where the bucket is. And you can't put a number on how many people came and gave up and left. You know, if you have people that come out like once every four years, usually in a presidential cycle, and they were really fired up and passionate and they came out. Um, and they saw this, a lot of people can't stay. They, you know, they have kids, they have jobs, they have responsibilities. They can't stand for four or five hours at some locations of confusion, okay? It was it was a minimum uh, amount had that that kind of uh, weight, but um, You're so I right, think there are a couple know, of yeah. things. I, I think, yeah, I think people were disenfranchised. I think I still don't know how many voters walked away and dropped a ballot. And then on top of that, I think we have an issue, you know, um, I, I think it was uh, Robert Cahaley used to talk in 2020 about the shy Trump voter uh, in 2016. I think I think Gen Z is very hard to poll. Uh, and I think that perhaps on the polling side, we need to do a little work on, on reaching Gen Z and seeing what they're going to do. But in this election and with this candidate in this county, for sure, our voters, I had people walk away. I had people disenfranchised. And we're never going to know what that turnout would have been had the system been functioning on Election Day the way it should in Maricopa County. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and Gina, so this is my last question for you, and this will tie it all together. You, you are the executive director for Voter Reference Foundation. What are, what are your thoughts on how we fix not only what's going on in Arizona, but across the country? So this work is now more important than it ever was. Uh, and, um, you know, God always has his plan and this is part of his design, right? So in this system where we had a catastrophic failure of election day voting and where we're in, in a national environment where vote by mail has happened and it's not going away, we need to be able to vote by mail. And that means we need more than ever to ensure that the voter rolls are accurate. OK, we can't have mail ballots going out to people that have moved to another state because the National Voter Registration Act, you know, has this four year period. The the good part of the National Voter Registration Act for the purpose of cleaning up the role is that, yes, it takes a while to put someone in inactive because they moved. But that is married to the part where the public has oversight of the voter rolls. That is the purpose of this act is to make sure that the, the public is looking at the rolls and saying, oh, look, there's my cousin Bob. Cousin Bob moved to Omaha. Cousin Bob clearly didn't cancel his voter registration and call Cousin Bob and say, Bob, did you cancel your voter registration? You need to reach out because you're still registered in Detroit, right? We, we need, if you have a loved one that's in a nursing care facility, um, you can check, you know, in this nursing care facility in Wisconsin, did someone cast a ballot on behalf of your loved one that's in a memory ward unit? Because then you need to contact, you know, one of our partner groups. If you go to voteref.com, V-O-T-E-R-E-F.com, there are 31 states and the District of Columbia up there now. They're with the certified chain of custody. These are the voter registration records directly from the election officials. We need to take ownership of our voter registration records, of our entire family, of our friends, 
Look at the house on your block. You can search by address. Is there a, a single family house on your block that has 120 people registered at it? Perhaps like, you know, that's not okay. Maybe you should like send send a, a letter, uh, to call your neighbor and say, hey, did you know that there are 150 people registered here? It's happening again. You know, it happened in this cycle. It happens in every cycle. I get endless calls from people who are getting mail ballots at their house for people that don't live there. They keep checking the little box that says this person doesn't live here and sending it back. And they don't understand why it's taking so long. Why do I still keep getting mail ballots for people that don't live here? So we we are in a vote by mail environment nationally right now. Um, it is not my preference. It's, I don't think it's good for election integrity. But unless and until we get out of that environment, it's more important than it ever has been that we clean up the rolls, that we have public oversight, and you need to go to voteref.com and look up the voter rolls and make sure that they are as they should be. We the people need to take ownership of our voter records. That's that's what you just said. That's right. So, so Gina, you know, I'm, I'm as I think about this, right? So the way to restore confidence in our voting system is is through transparency, and that's what Voter Reference Foundation is about. It is. And and for anyone that's listening to this that was anywhere in the country that was unable to cast their vote, if you go to voterreferencefoundation.com, that's our second site. So voteref.com has voter data. Voterreferencefoundation.com um, has posts and tools. There, it says tools in the upper right-hand side. If you click that, there's something that says HAVA, H-A-V-A toolkit. That has every state in the United States click the button under the state, it gives you the, the reporting system for people who have been deprived of their right to vote. The HAVA is the Help America Vote Act. It's called a HAVA complaint. It is required in every state in the United States. There's contact information there for your attorney general's office, and especially if you have an election integrity unit. If you were deprived of your right to vote, please go file a complaint with the appropriate administration and official, and that information is there for you. This, this is not acceptable. Um, our vote is our voice. If you're deprived of your right to vote, if you're standing on a line, you have to go take care of your kids and you have to go to work and you can't vote, you need to file a HAVA complaint, H-A-V-A complaint. Get that in. This, the cure, if you will, in the HAVA complaint system is that the election officials are forced by a judge. If the judge finds that, yes, this person was deprived of the right to vote because of some systemic issue, they force training. All right. It's like, okay, let's just say Maricopa County, you need to uh, train your poll workers to do this, to check people out on the site book, not to just send them off into the night telling them to go vote somewhere else. Uh, and that vote's going to wind up not counting because you didn't check them out, you know? So th there are tools at people's disposal. Most people are, don't understand what they are. Um, we need to bring transparency, but we also need to be responsive. Like if this, if this thing that happened here in Maricopa County does not result in a complete overhaul of this ridiculous vote center ballot on demand system. And they try to go into the cycle in 2024 with these ballot on demand printers again and vote center model again. I don't know how many failures there can be in a system before people give up and stop voting. And that is just, that is the true catastrophe that awaits this country. If people don't have confidence that the voter rolls are accurate, that their vote is being counted properly, and that there there is not a, a systemic issue that's going to arise on election day that stops them from having their voice heard, then this country is really going to be in a lot of trouble. Maricopa County needs to learn the lesson, go back to the precinct-based voting, have pre-printed ballots, people take ownership of your voter records, go to voteref.com. We need transparency and we need it right now. So I love your passion. I want to thank you for being such a strong patriot 
in fighting for the people of America. So thank you so much, Gina. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. God bless you and God bless America. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. And don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.